0: We're finishing up our uncertain series with Matthew 26, beginning at verse 36 through 46. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, And began to be grieved and agitated. Then he said to them, I am deeply grieved, even to death. Remain here and stay awake with me. And going a little further, he drew himself, threw himself on the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Get not what I want, but what you want. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, so could you not stay awake with me one hour? Stay awake and pray that you may not come into the time of trial. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, he went away for the second time and prayed. My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it. Let's be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. Thank you so much. Would you pray with me? Bless, O Lord, the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts. O Lord, our rock, our only strength, and our Redeemer. Amen. This is our last in the series of uncertainty. And our scripture deals with the reality that Jesus must face the enormity of the coming death and how his friends behave. Friends are supposed to be good to you. They've done a lot of research around good friendships and how they often reduce stress. You recover quickly from heart attacks with good friends to surround and encourage you. You may even live longer. They suspect that the common cold is even shorter. (laughs) But not all friends have those kinds of positive benefits. All of us have known One or more that lied to us, insulted us, or betrayed. Some that were overly needy, and then those that were just bad for us, giving us too much advice. Friendship can also be Painful. In close enduring relationships, friendships, jealousy, envy, anger, and the entire range of human emotion can enter our heads. We just have to decide sometimes whether the best thing to do is consider keeping those friends or just saying, it's time to let go. Early research into the difficult friends seems to indicate that betrayal among friendships may be as devastating in that relationship as a divorce could be. Truth is, Sometimes it's just hard to hang in there with friends that have hurt, disappointed, or worse yet, betrayed us. Jesus had friends too. Twelve of them to be exact, at least those he called disciples. Now these people were Jesus' people, his peeps. They had walked with him for three years, learned from him as students, calling him rabbi and master, but it was more than that. They were friends. This week, it's really important to remember that the line whereby Jesus was denied and ultimately betrayed was not crossed first by strangers those who were hostile to his message it was his friends that left him out to dry how difficult it must have been for jesus to have handpicked his companions and for them to have gone through such tough times, and then, for, and then for them to have dropped the ball in such a big way. Our scripture on this evening has them sharing the Passover meal. He's just explained in the most extraordinary way that the Passover meal now needs to be understood. That it is his body that's about to be broken for them as the Paschal Lamb. And that the cup of wine is actually his sharing of his blood on the doorpost to deliver the people of Israel. That Ancient understanding of Passover Changing now into his life As that gift This is going to be tough He's known all along that moving into Jerusalem Will mean that those who have opposed him Are going to find a way To make it ultimately his responsibility That he must die And then there are his friends. Those who can't stay awake long enough to share his agony. He prays, Lord, if you could just let this cup pass. He comes back, they're sleeping. Something shifts in that second one. And did you catch it? His words change just a bit. They say, if it can't change, if this cup can't pass from me, at least let it be your will. He pleads with his friends the third time, and they're still sleeping. And then worse than that, you throw into the mix a Judas, a guy who's not at the garden, but one who's figured out how to come back and identify Jesus with the affection of a kiss. Now, betrayal isn't new among friends. Remember, Anne Frank was betrayed by friends who outed her to the Nazis. Selena, that Latin music wonder of the 1990s was betrayed by her fan club president who shot her in the back. And John Brown, the abolitionist, was eventually captured and executed for his 1859 Harper's Ferry raid to free slaves by his own friend, John Cook. Jesus knew he was in trouble. But did he have to be abandoned by his friends and betrayed by one of his own? It is no wonder that he prays with all of his might and deepest of agony and says that his sorrow is so strong and so all-consuming that he just might die right there and then, and he pours it all out. To God, While none of us enjoy the weight of this story, isn't it incredibly important to witness how Jesus deals with this time of uncertainty with his friends, trying to figure out if it's possible within him to be obedient to the will of God. Neil Pasarica in his book entitled The Book of Awesome writes about a very difficult time in his life when it was really hard to face the struggles. His marriage was falling apart. A best friend had taken his own life. He was finding it difficult to find anything good about his life. And so he started this little website trying to count the things that were dear and sweet about life. And that began a journey toward a blog. And then that became a book. What he discovered is that there are three important A's that describe life and how we can be faithful. And they seem to fit perfectly into Jesus' understanding of himself as he wrestles on his journey. And the first of those A's is attitude. Whatever the reason for his pain, Jesus knew that obedience to God required that he wrestle his pain to a resolution. There's no question about his attitude toward the struggle. It was straightforward. It was honest prayer. Father, if it's possible, take it away. But not what I want, but what you want. Now, all of us have been or known people in our lives who dreaded the future in front of them. The person diagnosed with degenerative disease which you know is going to lead to death and it must be endured. The parent whose child isn't born perfectly and you know that their life is going to be filled with struggle and with pain and even death might mark their future. The family of an accident victim hearing that it's time to begin discovering and discussing whether or not it's time to let go. We've all been in our hearts, or at least on our knees, saying, Lord, if we can let this cup pass, wouldn't you let it happen? How can we pray? How can we not pray for the miracle of miracles? So Jesus prayed, if it's possible, let it go. The second time, shifting up his emphasis, realizing somewhere in his bones that he's got to face this thing straight on and it doesn't look good. So if he can't let it pass, let it be at least be your will all of the pain in his attitude is always one of facing the reality with an honesty and obedience and he wants nothing more than what god wanted from him he has no agenda other than to do god's will and as he, he arises from prayer and returns to his disciples, we understand that the matter is settled. It's done. No more time for questioning. It's resolved, and Jesus would go forward into the hands of those who would crucify him. Parisia says this, Look, we're all going to get some lumps and we're all going to get some bumps and none of us can predict the future. But we do know one thing about it and that's that it ain't going to be according to plan. We're going to have highs and lows, father-daughter dances, weddings and healthy babies and deliveries. But we're also going to say, sad to tell you, The potential heartbreak that your husband will leave. Your girlfriend could cheat. Your headaches might be more serious than your thought. It's not a happy thought. But your kids could get mixed up in bad scenes or gains. Your mom could get cancer. Your dad could turn mean. And what if your friends won't stay awake to pray with you? And you get to the point where you think you're just going to die for the decisions that are facing you. He says we have two choices. We can swirl and twirl doom and gloom forever. Or two, we can grieve and then face the future with newly sober eyes. No matter what pain hits you, choose to move forward. Jesus chose option two. His attitude kept him moving forward toward the purpose and goal of his life. It certainly wasn't how he wanted to go, but he understood obedience, that this is the cards he's been dealt, and he's going to live it for the purpose for which it was intended, for you and for me. The second A is awareness. Awareness for me means remembering in whom we trust or keeping the main thing the main thing. Ultimately, Jesus is aware intimately that he cannot get the answer he hoped for, but he never once understands that somehow that separates him from god's plan there's never a change of awareness of god's claim upon his life this is not a renegotiation god's love for him and commitment to him is not nowhere it's not fun difficult to understand and so incredibly human But not at all a lack of awareness of the relationship that has bound them together and will lead him forward. Kids understand this in a way that is uncommon. This past week, uh, our youngest son, Sam, was taking... He picked the kids up after preschool. And he said, Madeline, I've got some kind of hard news to share said, your kindergarten does not bus from your preschool, so we're going to have to change schools. And I know it's hard sometimes to lose your friends. And she said, it's okay, Dad. I'll write them a letter. Oh. <laughs> and he says, well, what are you going to write them? He says, I'm going to tell them I love them. Isn't that what we're supposed to do? Aren't we supposed to love God and love each other and our family? And aren't we supposed to be thankful for our blessings? And I said, thank God for Sunday school. (laughs) (laughs) The challenge is present to us. But the focus, my friends, does not change. This is what we do. Our awareness is of God's presence in our lives, and that just doesn't change. The last day is authenticity. Authenticity is the degree to which a person acts within his or her. By definition, authentic people possess a number of common characteristics that show that they are healthy, mature, and very functional. So this is the list. They have realistic perceptions of reality. They're accepting of themselves and others. They are thoughtful They have a non-hostile sense of humor. In other words, you don't sense that when somebody says something funny, they're after you. They're able to express their emotions freely and clearly. They are open to learning from their mistakes, and they understand their motivation. Doesn't authenticity sum up everything that we've been talking about in terms of attitude and awareness? I'm not sure that Jesus could have been more aware. What lay before him was a cup he dreaded. N.T. Wright once said he had looked into the darkness and seen the grinning face of all the demons the world looking back at him. And he begged his father not to bring him to a point of going through it. He had a clear perception of reality. He accepted who he was, understood others, saying the first words at his crucifixion, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And their mistakes along the way, he understood as human. He was thoughtful throughout the process, praying and adjusting, expressing himself freely and very clear of his motivation. And what he would face would bring the power to heal the world. Had Jesus not known himself, been aware of his role, authentic in who he was as a person, could he have been the perfect offering to bear to the cross the sins of the world? This morning, if you were watching the Today Show, you saw resurrection taking place because Hoda was doing a story on the 20th anniversary of the Columbine High School shooting where 12 students and a teacher were lost. You could describe it as a massive betrayal by friends. One survivor who lost his best friend, Craig Scott, now preaches compassion around the country as a motivational speaker, working with kids in school systems and trying to help kids stay healthy. His mother, Beth, said she took the hard journey toward forgiveness. Not that it was okay that it happened, but that she knew if she didn't, it would become the defining feature of the remaining part of her life. But that forgiveness had her befriend the shooter's mother, saying to her, tell me what your son was like before April 20, 2009. Imagining how alone she was because she had lost a child too. Authentic, aware. A number of the students who have graduated discovered that they have come back to be teachers. Did you know that? They were asked by Hoda, well, how did you guys keep it together through high school and then come back and, and be teachers here with all the pain? And they all pointed to the principal. Then Hoda looks at him and says, Well, how did you help heal others when you had to be so broken too? He laughed and said he had his therapist on speed dial. <laughs> It helped him see how his attitude, his attitude was negative. He was watching all that he had lost, and the therapist said, you know, you gotta, you got to see what all they gave you, and began to look at all of those children and thank God for them every day. He still does that to this day. He became aware of his role, and he became a very authentic, Authentic person designed to help his students come through. He vowed that he would be principal within that system until the last kindergartner at the time had graduated. They understand in a way what this night is about. It happens all over the world where faithful people are willing to walk with Christ into things they would rather not face. And yet, is that not how we begin to see our purpose and the beginning of the journey toward resurrection? Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen.